Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Kyle Jones, and I want to start this episode by welcoming back Lee Shackelford. Mr. Shackelford, how are you? I got no reason to complain, but sometimes I still do, in the wise words of Joe Walsh. But... Well, you know what? I'm not going to complain because you're here, and I'm happy. Yeah, I. it has been way, way, way too long, and I've missed you guys. So here we are. And I really don't care what we talk about. I just. Well, you know what? We're just going to sit here and like listen to static because we're all so happy. We could do that. But everyone listening might not want to do that. They might want me to say, Clarence Brown, it's been too long since I've said, welcome back, Clarence Brown. Hey, man. Happy to be here as always. And speaking of static. Mm. If you've been watching a certain show, you may be hearing a little static as they play the station bumper before the episode, where you can see a former doctor and a son of a doctor. Mm, it's true. Indeed. Indeed. And a grandson of a doctor, even. It's like yeah, Doctor Even. Well, well, we'll <laughs> come back to that in just a moment. But for everyone listening, let me tell you, we've had a semi-hiatus in recording time here at the Discussing Who World of Recording. I got sick with COVID. We all had everything going left, right, and center. And I think since we've been doing this since 2016, this little hiatus that we had of talking Doctor Who, I think this is the longest we've gone since 2016 that at least two of us haven't gotten on to discuss Who. I don't want to do that again. I have missed you guys. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing. But I, I, every time we, you say one of the, uh, you know, what episode number this is, I, I am always just say, wait, what? <laughs> How is that possible? But yeah. Well, we're knocking on the big three zero zero. It, it will be here before you know it. But I want to go back to the house of the things that fly in the sky, the house of dragons. Clarence, you were mis mentioning someone that was on there kind of fill in the blanks and we'll all three talk about it. Yeah. So of course, if you've been watching, but the game of Thrones spinoff series prequel, approximately 160 years before the events of the previous game of Thrones show, you may have seen a certain doctor on there. Yes. Matt Smith, not playing the hero this time, but playing the villain. And also how good he's playing it. It's been a joy to see him on there. It looks like he's having the ball. Uh, have you, either you guys had a chance to see him yet? I have not. Um, it's not a, not a franchise that interests me. So I have, uh, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I, I've just seen the photos and uh, he and Ty Tennant are both are uh, looking uh, very much not like what we're accustomed to them looking. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> so I have seen yeah. it. I am loving it. I I am a Game of Thrones fan. I was a Game of Thrones fan up until the very last episode of the original series. So yes, absolutely loving it. And Clarence, you made a statement about Matt Smith. And I want to talk about that really, really quick. You, you remember what it was of how you characterized Matt's character and him being in this role Share that with us. Oh, man. Maybe maybe I was a little 
too quick on the draw with that one. He is a very, very good villain. And, and, and maybe it's all the things that make him such an engaging and, um, draw a hero that you're drawn to is the same things that the charisma, all that stuff kind of makes him a good villain too as well. So I don't want to say just yet he's a better villain, even though I was, you know, emphatic about it before. But man, man, he, he is such a good villain on this show and, um, doing things that you would not expect Matt Smith to be doing it. Now, of course, he's, he's acting. He's, he's acting. Let's just get that <laughs> on the table right now. But boy, boy, not the hero. <laughs> you know, the, the thing that gets me about any actor, especially one that is so known in a franchise that you loved. I mean, and I think all three of us really enjoyed Matt Smith's 11th Doctor. But when I can see someone in another show, whether it was him in The Crown or whether it is him in mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, and forget that he is the Doctor and he, I am into his character, that to me is a good yeah. actor. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I always think that's the hallmark of, of fine actors. And uh, uh, it, I know that, uh, Kyle, you and I are both fans of uh, lots of uh, the mystery and detective TV series that are available to us through uh, from the UK, thanks to BritBox and services like that. So uh, not too long ago, I think I want to say it was Midsummer Murders, but I could be wrong because my wife and I watched so many of them. But in rapid succession, we saw David Troughton being the killer in one episode, and he was great. And then we saw Peter Davison being the bad guy. And he was great. And Colin Baker as an absolute bastard. <laughs> he was so he was so rotten. And he's terrific. And those are all three people that I'm accustomed to thinking very uh, very warmly about, thanks to Doctor Who and other things. But um, yeah, Colin Baker plays bad really well. So, although some people would argue that his that's doctor what is, I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there's there's no twinkle in the eye with this guy. He isn't, he's, he's, he's bad. Before we move on, because Lee, I want to ask you something. But before we move on, you know, we brought up Ty Tennant. And you said, you know, he's the son of a doctor. It's the son of a, the doctor's daughter, literally. And he's also mm-hmm. the grandson of the fifth doctor. So we've got Georgia Tennant, who played the doctor's daughter in one of the David Tennant episodes in series four. And of course he is the adopted son of David Tennant and he is the grandson of Peter Davison. So one, two, three, Dr. Who royalty. Fantastic. Lee, you, you know, we're talking about things that we've watched. I want to talk about things that we've written specifically you've Mm. written and you said that there is something going to be going on that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I just wanted to share this with folks because I think uh, our listeners might be interested. Um, I wrote a, a, an, a, an audio drama adaptation of Carl Chopik's landmark play, uh, R.U.R., the play that gives us the word robot. And... Um, a, a university staged it last year, and it was a, a, a positive experience for them. So Michigan Tech, where they do robotics, 
um, their theater department has picked up the audio drama. And so they're about to do it. And because it's an audio drama, that'll be available online. So people will be able to hear this. And uh, so I think that's cool. But what's even cooler is that because they are serious about robots at Michigan Tech, they're doing a whole week that they call Robot 101. And the web address to to get into this is robot101.mtu.edu. And just go there and, and look at uh, what's going on. And you'll see the, uh, the performances of RUR, but also uh, guest speakers and workshops, webinars, things about... Um, our our old ideas of what robots were going to be like, how they're actually, you know, uh, being made and work and are changing our lives right now. And of course, ideas about where robotics may go in the future. So um, it, pretty exciting stuff. Robot101.mtu.edu. Check it out. And they're actually doing a live performance of this. Yes, um, starting on Friday, October 14th, so 2022. Mm. October 14th, 2022. But let's just go a little bit further into the future. Sunday, October the 23rd, 2022. The Mm -hmm. power of the doctor. Hello, doctor. Welcome to the end of your existence. A dozen of the world's leading seismologists have gone missing. Fifteen of the world's most valuable paintings have disappeared. Can I let you in on a little secret? A direct incursion on Earth is imminent. Has it never occurred to you that it could be a trap? This is the day you are erased forever. Bit of a conversation stopper. The name of the special, the Jodie Whittaker last special. So before we get into it any further, I think I want to say for everyone listening, if you have not seen any recent news about the power of the doctor, and just because I like saying this, go out, watch Doctor Who, come back, because (laughs) from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. (laughs) All right, so we have a date of The Power of the Doctor, Sunday, October the 23rd, 2022. But I want to ask you guys a few questions before we get into talking about The Power of the Doctor, because this is the... And this is the icing on the cake. This is the last hurrah, whatever you want to call it. The Chibnall era, the Jodie Whittaker era, it's all coming to an end. And I want to have a little retrospective before we have a little bit of a speculation of what we might see. So I've got yeah. some questions for us and we're going to answer them. And as we always do, we're going to stay positive. I'm promising myself I'm going to stay positive. 
but I want to have a good conversation. So I've got some questions. Are you guys ready? Oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, Clarence, I want to start with you. When thinking about the Chibnall era, what was your favorite episode and why? <laughs> favorite? Now, that's going to be kind of hard because I think each season it was kind of a different tone to why i may have had a particular favorite episode and you can pick a favorite from this past season which we all hated <laughs> uh, or and hated is a strong word we weren't too fond of let me yeah. say that uh but but uh in the the series 11 rosa stands out as one that i loved one in which maybe the villain wasn't well realized uh, was it Cresco, right. if i remember correctly but I do love, I'll never forget the look on Graham's face at the end of that episode. That, 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 that's the type of timey wimey, um, thing that really I come to Doctor Who for. It was just like you were there at that moment and history had to be play out. So yeah, that, that was a special episode for me. But you know, even if we go to this season, I, I have to point out that I really loved the village of the angels. I think that was a standout episode as well, even though it I can kind of take that one out of the context of the rest of the flux. But I really love that episode. I thought it had some great moments. And and it's special to me because I watched it with my mom and she loved it as well. So not even being a Doctor Who fan. So that's just two of some really uh, huge standout episodes for me. Uh, looking back, I think that I enjoyed I've enjoyed Jodie Whittaker's time on the show and, you know, call it the Chibnall era. Um most when we've been dealing with um, with Earth history, and maybe that's a coincidence, maybe not. But I I enjoyed Rosa and um, Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. Yeah. Um, hang on a sec, <laughs> Demons of the Punjab. I just had to think at the time, <laughs> Demons of the Punjab, and I, I don't know if it's yeah. I, I can't explain that, but um, but yeah, those were my three favorite episodes, and they all dealt with you know, landed our, our characters in, uh, you know, earth history that, you know, you can look up in the encyclopedia. Yeah. Uh, just real comment on, on demons of the Punjab. D- definitely an event that I had heard of, but didn't really know well. So it was good to see some aspects of that played out uh, in that episode, as well as <laughs> they even showed a, a, a good portion of that. If you watch the Miss um, Marvel series on Disney plus account of d- d- dove into that as well so yeah i just like the piece of history that i didn't know much about and i'm you know i'm glad that they showed it in that episode yeah. great episode so you guys are making me go down memory lane and i'm going to back mm. you up and saying rosa for the reasons that you both mentioned but i'm also going to add i remember really enjoying our review of rosa and i know i'm making this about us but I remember how, especially with all three of us being from the South and being, you know, in two of the most known for racist history, unfortunately, states that we come from. That's where we live or, you know, or we're born if we don't live there now. I, I'm going to agree 100 percent with what you guys said. But for me, if I have to go back and pick an episode that is a standout to be my favorite, I judge them based on my OCD and how many times I go back and listen to the point 
that I can recite something from it. And based on that logic, or, mm. or lack thereof, Fugitive of the Jadoon, because the yes. Joe Martin reveal, even though, you know, it opened a can of worms, Joe Martin as the doctor loved it. And I can quote her, uh, you know, opening scene mm. that she says, so there you go. That's my favorite Fugitive of the Jadoon. Is that the only thing you liked from the from no. the Chibnall era? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, have, I, 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 uh, <laughs> maybe not. Well, have you have you looked at the IMDb page for uh, Power of the Doctor? I have mm, not. I have not. Well, it lists the casts, and it includes Joe Martin as the Doctor. Bum bum bum. Yes, Happy does. Kyle. Happy Kyle. And Bradley Walsh and Detosin Cole. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Okay, I'm happy. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm getting excited for it. A so, bit. Um, yeah, I think I think we're kind of going to do uh, Chibnall era greatest hits. Uh, Nadia Albino is is there as Diane, and um, and as we've you know been talking about Janet Fielding and Sophie Aldred as Tegan and Ace. Yes. So yeah, it's uh, oh and Jim Redgrave. That's Kate, Kate Stewart. Stewart. All right, so I want to switch us to the other direction, swing the pendulum the other direction. What was your least favorite episode? And I'll start this. I'll make it easy for you. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Before, before you even say it, do we really even have to discuss this one? I think we're universally in agreement <laughs> on this oh, one. Are but, we? Uh, say, say, say your favorite say phrase well, of the show, Kyle. A L I N C. No, that's not it. Oh, oh I, I actually yeah. it was it was worse than Benny. Oh, I had forgotten what? about that one. I actually wasn't going to say Benny. <laughs> I was going to say the Vanquishers. Mm. Oh wow, but 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 thank you. You know thank you. <laughs> Vanquishers was Benny was tough. Have you seen yeah, Benny? No, we got it. And and what I don't even remember what that's called. That's why I was Orphan stalling on that until I could fifty five. 55. 55. Yeah. Also known as Jeez. Benny. Benny. And <laughs> the girl who for some reason likes to be made up as a dog. Named Benny. <laughs> I just tossed it to you, Cal. You didn't yes, you did. park. You just, you died. There's a layup, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, that was fun. But really and truly, I had forgotten it. Vanquishers is my least favorite because of everything that we said. Yeah. Uh, what was was Orphan Fifty Five yours, Clarence? A hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Yeah, me too. Lee, what, what about you? Oh, me too. Yeah. I just got to the end of Orphan Fifty Five and saying I may be pushed out of this franchise. I do, I don't know if we can recover after this, but you know we've said that before. So. Yeah. All right. So pendulum swings back the other direction mm. to the favorite side. Name your favorite adversary of. The Thirteenth Doctor's era. Hmm. Favorite adversary. Well, you know, I think one of the reasons why I I enjoy the uh, the ones that have been set in Earth's past is because even though there's often a, a nominal monster of the week in it, the real enemy is time and history itself. Um, you know, what I remember from Rosa is that moment where we realize that Graham is actually going to become the white guy who makes Rosa give up her seat. Mm-hmm. And of course, she and he has to be. He has to be. And and he knows that something good is going to come out of this, you know, but 
still, who wants to be in that position? Well, okay, I know a lot of people who'd like to be, but you know, you know what I mean. Uh, he does not, and so I don't know. Maybe that's a cop out answer, but but the 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 standout villains are, are not you know uh, exclusive to the Chibnall era. I mean, because I loved the Santaran episodes, and I loved uh, you know the um, the New Year's Eve special with the Daleks, and so it, it's it's kind of you know doctor who greatest hits and of course uh, having the weeping angels back and that that unforgettable confrontation but <laughs> yeah for me mostly the, the the villain that i was fascinated by was time and forces of history deep i like Ooh. that i have two uh one is a villain holding up quotes here turned good guy in cavanista uh as we start the flux he has the doctor and yaz hanging upside down from some suspension tech system that he has. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I fully don't get the logic in that opening scene and what we get later with who Covenista is. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but I did really love that character, even though he wasn't a villain for long. And also I want to give probably a most interesting character that I didn't, I feel like they did not flush out enough was Gat. I really wanted to know about, more about her and um, the Fugitive Doctor and their whole story, but hopefully we'll get more of her in maybe the special or some explanation. So my favorite was the Master, believe it or not. Sure. You know, I think it's easy, and I don't know why it's easy to forget the Master in this, but we've got the Master in this and a an incarnation that is every bit as fun as Missy along with, you know, the uh, previous incarnation with John Sim with, but, but is also just got a good mean streak again. I think he's brilliant as the master. And I think he's one of the highlights, honestly, of this era. Mm -hmm. So the master, and you talk about fleshed out characters. I love the Pating. I mean, I know yeah. he's like <laughs> irritating yeah. and whatever, but I freaking love the Pating. Yeah, I agree. The yep. Pating is awesome. Yep. Great episode too. That whole episode was really, good. yeah. I, I was I was really struggling with whether or not to call that my favorite because, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it so very much. Least favorite adversary, Clarence. What say you? Azure and Swarm. Mm, okay. All right, Lee, what say you? I'm going to go in a slightly different direction and say Swarm and Azure. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to be not on the nose, but I may be a little bit more on the tooth. Ooh. But maybe there may be a tooth on the nose Ooh. with this, with Tim Shaw. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The, 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 the concept of let me collect your teeth and put them on my face. Eh, No. <laughs> name your favorite companion from this era lee oh um I, i'm looking at episode titles you know i just want to make sure that i'm not overlooking <laughs> something obvious here but uh yeah but it's 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 got to be dan I, I i just think he's great you know all right clarence Favorite companion? Oh man, this this for me has changed over the course of the three seasons. Mm. But man, I have to agree with Lee on this. 
I want to go have a beer with Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hang out with him. Exactly. He's that okay. kind of guy. I'm going to make this unanimous, Dan, mm. completely mm. 100%. And let me tell you why. I feel like I know him better as a character after six episodes than I know the others after X number of episodes that they were in. I feel like I know Yaz second best to Dan, but the simple fact of the actor was able to make me remember him and be like you said, Clarence, you know, he would be somebody I'd want to go hang out with. Mm -hmm. And the relatability of him is the reason I say he's my favorite. All right, so I want us to finish these sentences. Lee, I'll start with you on the first one. The 13th Doctor's era made me realize that this show is about its writing. Good one. Yeah, when the day is done, it's about the scripts. All right. Clarence, what say you? It it made me realize that, hmm, you shouldn't focus less on the Doctor to in comparison to the companions hmm. when we don't know the doctor. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's something you you can do down the line, but I've, and we keep saying it. I mean, we don't feel like we really know Jodie Whittaker's doctor um, yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. Hence my questions that I am about to ask mm. in just a moment. The 13th doctor's era made me realize that I can be very judgmental, especially if it's something that I care deeply about. Because I think I have been so freaking judgmental of this era. And it's because I lo- love Doctor Who so much that, you know, if there was something that didn't feel like it was going right, I just really looked back at myself and said, dang, dude, you can be really freaking judgmental. And I was. Mm. So I'm just acknowledging my, yeah. you know, acknowledging. All right. So, Clarence, I'm going to let you start this one. Compared with previous incarnations, the 13th Doctor is more blank, but less blank. Hmm. That's a hard one. Goes back to what you just said about knowing the Doctor. (laughs) (laughs) What is she more of? I mean, what is this Doctor more of? Or maybe we answer this question as a group, because this was hard, very hard for me. It's a good question, though. I want to say more manic, but less... um, Heroic? Mm. Mm. All right. You said manic, right? Yeah. More manic? Mm Mm-hmm. So I said my two words were, this doctor is more scattered, Mm -hmm. but less authoritative. I think that's better. I think that's a better phrasing of what I'm groping for. Yeah. Yeah. hmm. See, I want to say is more caring about the companions, but even I don't believe that. It feels like they try to portray her as being more caring of the companions, but but also I think she's less fun. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, Clarence, I want to go back real quick before we go to the next question where you said that we even at this point, one episode left from her final episode and we don't feel like we know her. To help myself answer that question 30 minutes before we started recording... I went to Wikipedia and looked up 13th Doctor to help me (laughs) get an idea of the 13th Doctor. That's not good for somebody who spends time talking about Doctor Who. And it goes back to what you said, Lee, the writing. Yeah. 
I really liked blank about or of the 13th Doctor. I really liked blank about or of the, the 13th Doctor. Lee, why don't you start? What is it that I liked most about her? It's not, it's not the costume. <laughs> I guess I would have to say energy. I mean, be, because I, I blame the scripts for things about the doctor in this doctor that I don't like, but I love Jodie Whittaker. And I think that that's what she has brought to it, that she's been able to keep consistent throughout. And, and that that's why it seems like it sometimes like she doesn't know what to do with it. Um, so it gets scattered, but I, I do love, I love her energy. All right, Clarence, what, what's your comeback on that one? I really like the true story of all the doctors that was presented fr- to us from the 13th. Okay. No, nah, that's a lie. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, again, I, I liked her. I like the doctors, the, this, this doctor's pursuit of family and verbalizing that we're a fam. Hmm. I really like the pursuit of that. I just don't know if I felt it. You know, I don't know if I truly felt it, but I do like the pursuit of that goal throughout this, these three seasons. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great point because I, I, it it seemed like that's one of the many things that we were given sort of some lip service to that. There are things that we, we kept being told were true, but we didn't see them acted out. Lee, I'm hearing you when we have the, I believe it was the um, New Year's special where Jack came back and they're telling us, you know, he's talking to Yaz and he's telling her about how he can die and come back, you know, that, that he, uh, you know, is immortal basically and right. he dies and comes back. And I remember you commenting saying, tell us, I mean, show us, yeah. don't tell us. Yeah. yeah. I just thought and, that was very strange. <laughs> you know, Clarence talking about the found thing that you said, there's a scene with, uh, in series seven and it's, I think the second to the, last episode or the you know right before the finale amy and rory are not even in the episode or maybe the third to the last and it ends with the doctor showing up for thanksgiving or christmas Mm. dinner and you know he he opens the door she comes to the door and he has the tear moment and whenever she invites him in that's showing family that's not telling family that's family yeah Mm. that's right you know yeah yeah, we we never. Yeah, we, why is that missing in this show? In this uh, these two seasons where we keep talking about family. Yeah. Well, just because you meet, because you you said hi, you're my gang, you're my fam uh-huh. in the first episode. You know, so just because you say it doesn't make it so. Yeah. It's talking about saying and making it so. Oh, I I didn't answer that. So I really liked the potential of the 13th doctor. I don't know if we got that potential, but I did like the potential that was there. All right. So gentlemen, let's get into part. Well, before we get into part two, really quick of talking about the power of the doctor, I have one last question without knowing what happens in the power of the doctor, but knowing what we know as of this recording, do you think Chibnall's tenure helped or hurt the franchise? (laughs) 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Clarence helped or hurt? I think Jodie Whittaker helped. I think Chibnall ultimately hurt. I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Lee? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I do think that it, it has been uh, a setback. And I to me, the whole timeless child thing just feels to me like a uh, not a contribution to a complex world of the show, but just sort of an act of graffiti. You know, mm. he got his time on the show, so he he messed part of it up, and I just because he could, and I, I don't I don't respect that. Um, so I, th- that that really bugs me. But but yeah, I'm with Clarence. The, well, I mean, you both said it that um, there's such potential in um, our first female doctor and and this uh, this this fine performer and just not getting the scripts that's not not consistently getting the best scripts that uh, that hurts yeah that's that's too yeah. bad um so yeah it does feel like a setback i'm tr- I, i'm struggling to try to think what is the, the positive spin on that um I think, mm. I, I think that the, that there was the potential for a lot of people to say, you know, this this uh, this didn't work because the doctor shouldn't be a woman. And I think, if nothing else, Chris Chibnall kind of takes the bullet for that. Say, no, this didn't work yeah. because the scripts <laughs> weren't uh, all they could be. And you know what? Uh, a good example of that is I love jo- uh, Jodie Whittaker as an actor. I did not necessarily connect with her doctor, but I did with Joe Martin's doctor. You know, she was allowed scripts and a presentation. And I think the unforgivable sin between that incarnation and the 13th incarnation on air, they should have never had Joe Martin's doctor look at her and said, you know, something to the effect, you're me. How is that possible? All rainbows and trousers that don't reach. You you know, to look at that doctor with disdain is not a smart thing to do because you're basically saying that an older version of the doctor has disdain for the current. And I just didn't think that was smart. I mean, there's precedent for it. I mean, every time we've gotten doctors together, they they pick on each other. So that's sort of how I read that was, you know, oh, so you're my replacements, eh? A dandy and a clown. I give you that. But, but still, I would say I would say Pertwee was just as popular in his own way as Hartnell was. Maybe you see what I'm you see where I'm going uh, with that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one thing to have a, a ten and eleven sort of trading barbs in Day of the Doctor because we love them both. And yeah. So here's yeah. my answer to: Do I think he helped or hurt? I think. In the long run of the continuous story of Doctor Who, I think that the Chibnall era is going to be a footnote. It happened, but at the end of the day, did it hurt or help? I think it just was there. I don't think it, in the long run, in the wild, wide scheme of things, I think it's not really going to matter, honestly. I'd hope that we can look back like we do with a lot of runs that maybe while we're in the thick of it, we're <laughs> complaining and, Oh, this is not the best writing or whatever. And then look back on it and, and are able to look at it with fresh eyes and maybe see some of the things that happened in this run as being better 
or feeling better than they did at the time. I hope that's going to be the case. You never know. You never know. Uh, especially as we've been going back and reviewing some of these earlier new who seasons, uh, there were some good ones in there. So <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I just hope eventually down the line, we can look back and say it was better that we were thinking right now, you know? And you know what? I think you're, you're, you are on my heels of stealing the segue as being the master of the segue, because that was a perfect segue into the power of the doctor that I wanted to talk about, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, because we may all three be eating crow within a couple of weeks if Chipnell wraps this entire story up in such a way that it was like, oh, wow, this dude was freaking brilliant. And I hope that I'm eating crow pie or whatever that is. I'd love to do that. But do we really think that's going to happen? <laughs> I personally do not. But uh, I personally do not either. Yeah, but, but hope springs eternal. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think Clarence's point is still an excellent one because I'm thinking about how many times we have sort of dragged ourselves to the microphones here and said, OK, let's talk about this stink burger of an episode. And then as we start talking about it, say, you know, I like that part. Uh, you know, I, I, I like that part, too. Oh, and when that when when this happened, oh, that was great. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, the, 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 the nuggets are there, you know, the the, the, the moments and the uh, the ideas that we really like They're 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 all there all right so let's talk about really quick of something that's coming and clarence were you about to say something well i just wanted to say this real quick i would even appreciate chibnall coming back as we know he's written episodes before just coming back to write an episode or two in future seasons because to me the thing that kind of throws him off is having ultimate power (laughs) i think if somebody was above him that could steer his stories it 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 would just feel better as it has in the past most of the time. So yeah. I think I that's know. true. Yeah, it's, it's it's about having an editor. Yeah. Well, it goes back into what Lee said a minute ago. Just because I'm a fan and the things that I want to do because I'm a fan, it's it's different to being a. And I'm going to add another G word to his your uh, graffiti comment, gratuitous graffiti, and in the sense of I'm going to make my mark because, you know, I wanted to have this happen. Well, just because you came up with that idea when you were a teenager doesn't mean that it's good for the franchise. Well, that's perhaps. Yeah. But we do know the power of the doctor is a 90 minute celebration is this is before the 60th anniversary specials and what we know about the power of the doctor returning characters tegan ace kate stewart vendor adversaries cyberman daleks the master we do know that the doctor will pay homage to previous incarnations it's been said that the doctor may be wearing previous items maybe some celery maybe some suspenders maybe have a certain umbrella perhaps we know the air date is 10 2022 and the doctor will regenerate using in what appears to be an updated version of the regeneration effect so i have a question for us do we think we will see a resolution to the timeless child storyline and is there a back door to the retcon of the and can we retcon the retcon 
so that William Hartnell is once again the one true first incarnation. What do you guys think? I, I think there there's a possibility. I mean, we have we've we've dove into the idea of the multiverse and Doctor Who certainly before, and in Flux we've hinted at it again pretty strongly. So maybe that can be a way they could try to retcon the timeless child, even if that's the goal. I don't even, you know, I don't know if he wants to do that um, to try to make it hold again. (laughs) I really don't know, but that, I feel like that would be a possibility if we're, if if that's the goal by the end of his run, the multiverse could play into that. Well, I wonder what Joe, I wonder, I wonder what her role would be in this story. You know, why bring the fugitive doctor back unless it is. You want to make Kyle happy. It, it's, it's the whole cosmos turns on making you. Um, no, uh, <laughs> that, that would be a lot of effort <laughs> just, just to make Kyle happy. But um, why not? Um, no, I think um, I, I, I think maybe she's in the episode because it's going to be, it's going to have something to do with tying off the whole notion of the timeless child, mm. you know, that the, something's going to happen that uh, um, deals momentary death to the doctor and the master and the master regenerates into um, Joe Martin. And we learned that Ooh. that was all, Ooh. The, that was all Ooh. a all a fiendish plot from the beginning. He made up this whole story, and it's actually oh boy. oh that is deep. Mm. Oh boy, I'm just that would explain it. Yeah, I, I'm just spitballing here, but you know, um, e- yeah. e- either that or I mean, go back to my multiverse thing. What what if the multiverses have been bleeding over her entire three seasons, hmm. and it's kind of been mixing hereabouts for a while now? We just haven't known it. But I like your man, Sasha Dewan, Master mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you know, you could you can retcon yourself out of anything. Yeah. There's there's but, always an out. So so let me you know before we move on real quick, I want to ask you guys a, a question, and and this is and if you guys thought differently, and if I'm assuming here, please correct me. But when we had the revelation. John Hurt as the war doctor. This basically gives in the Moffat era a previously unheard of version of the doctor. And, you know, it, it puts him in the middle between eight and nine and all that good stuff. We've had this happen again now with the fugitive doctor that we're just talking about. Why do you guys think that because I think that we accepted the John Hurt doctor really without any reservations. Why do you think people have had so much more difficulty accepting this pre Hartnell version than we did the war doctor? Any thoughts? I think that we had never seen that there wasn't a war doctor. So this explanation that there's a Dr. 8.5 that we just don't talk about and then exploring why that would be a secret that, 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 that's really, that's really intriguing. And I think, I think we really wanted to get into that. Even those of us who knew the, the larger meta that this is happening because Christopher Eccleston said, no, <laughs> you know, uh, so we, we got to backpedal and come up with something else. 
um, and and, and uh, I think Paul McGann wasn't available too. So you, you, we can't have eight and we can't have nine. So let's invent eight point five. And and uh, I'll go back to what I was saying in the first place. And I, I think we'd never been told that there wasn't uh, such a such a thing. So that's okay. But we have been told that William Hartnell that the, he's that's the first doctor we have seen in canon uh thanks to clara we've seen him get in that tt40 and take off with susan and you know he's the first doctor that's that's established and and all of the numbering after that has made reference to that and you know and, and so then this just says nope all of that is not true well <laughs> Says who? <laughs> it it just feels like more of an attack on on the the chronology than an interesting dimension of it. Mm. Clarence, what do you think? Uh, I agree with everything Lee said. I I think the War Doctor just had a, a a heck of a good story around it, and it doesn't change the fundamental core of what we know. Uh, now again, maybe with this timeless children thing, they could come up with a story that makes some sense. But at this point, it doesn't. They're changing the core of the character. And and to me, that's that's the huge problem here. And see, the thing with the war doctor, because it happened and his existence happened in this time war, that's when he existed. However many years he existed, it was just within the time war. So we knew where, you know, we knew where he existed. We knew what happened before. We knew what happened after. So everything even though tapestry was added to tapestry was not ripped asunder. And right. that, that I, I really, really, really liked. Yeah. You know, like if Wolverine went on a whole adventure before Logan that we didn't know about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Thank God that would never happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would never happen. So what do you guys think? talking about what would never happen. Let's wonder what <laughs> will happen really quick. What would you like to see? And Clarence, I'll start with you. What would you like to see happen? Wish list. What would you like to see happen in the power of the doctor? I think for me, it's it boils down to the same thing I want from any and every Doctor Who episode. I want it to be clever. I want it to be timey-wimey. And ultimately, I want it to be a good story. All of these other things that we're adding on to K. Stewart, Fender, um, myriad of enemies or adversaries, I think are, are good. And those are things that tickle the Doctor Who fancy. But I think when it boils down to it, we want it to be a good story. And I want to give Jodie Whittaker a proper send off. I don't I don't want them to half ass it. <laughs> I want them to go all in and and make us proud you know i i feel so bad for a lot of the slap the uh flack that that jody wicker gets around her doctor and and it has nothing to do with her she's just doing the job that's given to her by this writer and i really want to have a very good send-off for her now do we know if chibnall is writing this story along or is moffat writing it with them oh no moffat's not anywhere involved oh. Mm. So, so and neither is i mean rtd has said he's you know i mean rtd it. sorry uh, RTD. um but no now d does that mean moffitt i mean excuse me does that mean rtd may be writing 
the post-regeneration scene, if there is one, I would assume based on, you know, previous happenings that he would, but I don't know that is true, you know, and I don't even know that we're getting a post uh, scene. So wish list, Lee, any wish list for you? Oh, I'm with Clarence all the way. I just want it to be a good, strong story. And it would be really lovely if it uh, just was a fitting uh, farewell for uh, the 13th Doctor and and not, um, I don't know. You, you can throw all the, the celebrity cameos and things like that out of that you want to. But yeah, I, I just want it to be a, a good, strong story. I'd like to feel something. I want to be proven wrong. Hmm. I mean, I'm going back to what I said, the eating of the crow thing. I want to have so much pie on my face that I <laughs> feel like a freaking idiot for, you know, thinking, I don't like this. I don't blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, that's what I want to come away. I want to say this was so freaking good. It makes everything make sense. It fills in all the blanks. It uh, crosses the T's, dots the I's everything and makes me want to go back and rewatch series 11 forward again and be like, Oh, my head's exploding. Yeah, Cause now it makes Will sense. that happen. I don't know, uh, but that's what I want. All right. One last question before we close or actually two, one uh, of two last questions with both Dan and Yaz to set to depart after this special. Do you anticipate the doctor regenerating alone or with them? Definitely alone. <laughs> okay. We have one alone. Lee, what do you say? I think so, yeah. Because um, they're not going to be in the next series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think if we see a regeneration in this special, I think the doctor will be alone. I'm going to go with the group and say alone. Last question, gentlemen. Are you excited about the power of the doctor and then going into the 60th anniversary? Final thoughts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for me. Uh, oh, go ahead, Mr. Jackford. Oh, that, I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. And I, I hope, you know, I talked about the writing a minute ago with, with Chibno and RTD. I just hope that there's some coordination going on here to make this all kind of gel and flow mm. correctly and good and awesome and <laughs> yeah i'm excited about it so you know I, i'll never complain about new doctor who and hopefully we get some great new doctor who coming up here pretty soon i'm going to throw in a third question that i said we only had two <laughs> do we think because my brain keeps popping in and like seeing this doctor you know because they usually at the end of a special you'll see the doctor will return you know and then fill in the blank, uh, return New Year's, return Christmas, return. Do you think we will see at the end of this, the doctor will return Christmas 2022? No, just surprise Christmas. Special. Just because, yeah, I just can't imagine the BBC marketing machine having something like that and trying to keep it a secret. I, I just, I think there'd be too many voices who would say, we're not going to make an investment like this and then not tell anybody about it. Um, <laughs> it just it just doesn't make marketing sense. It would be fun for us, you know. I'd, I'd love that. But Clarence, what do you think? 
Uh, same. Not a whole lot to add for me there. And it is fun to be surprised. I, I, you know, that all of the James Bond movies end with the title of the, the next film in the franchise because they do their planning that far out, you know, if you're going to do one every 18 months. And, um, boy, this, um, no time to die. I, I actually wept at the end of that movie. I'd never expected to cry in a James Bond movie, but, uh, I said, well, I guess that's it. You know, they decided to wrap up the franchise and the last thing on screen is James Bond will be back. (laughs) Okay. Alrighty then. (laughs) So, it'll be very interesting to see what they do here. Well, you know what? Considering interesting, since we didn't have our favorite, 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 as a closing, I'm going to do something that I've not done on this show for quite a while. And I'm going to ask Lee Shackelford, where else might you be found on the internet? Oh, always look to see what I'm doing at Shackelford Freelance. That's S-H-A-C-K-L-E-F-O-R-D freelance.com all right clarence brown where else might you be found on the internet yes you can check me out at discussingtrek.com where where we are currently on a hiatus but hopefully we'll be back soon here after a while (laughs) (laughs) oh while we're talking about things that'll never happen what what if what if what if what if it turned out that mr spock (laughs) had a sister had a adopted sister all this time I'm just I'm just throwing ideas out here that that he's never mentioned in any and, oh and, and what's her name the doctor <laughs> yes <laughs> anyway the, the, the secret of time lords uh, 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 the secret of time lord society is the pun far mm-hmm. who knows wow, wow. Do, 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 do. <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, well, Clarence, I will say that I believe it or not, our discussing Trek hiatus has made me miss discussing Trek literally and as well as figuratively. So just FYI there. Um, but I will say for anyone listening, you can always check us also out because all three of our voices have been heard on there at both relativitypodcast.com as well as oz9podcast.com. So for everyone listening, let us know, do you agree with our thoughts about the Chibnall era? Are you excited about the power of the doctor? Let us know. And as always, we will be back next time yeah you've been listening to the discussing network find out more at discussingnetwork.com